Welcome to Two Watch Who, a Doctor Who podcast. I'm Mark. I'm Sarah. And I'm a Doctor Who fan. And I'm new to watching Who. Watching for the very first time. Very first time. It's getting better. Yeah, your voice is back. It's, it's, that was ish. <laughs> like, I would say we're about 97% there now. It's just a bit croaky. Well, you're getting better, so that's good. And here we are. We're on um, a spaceship this week. We're having a little buffet, courtesy of, of Monarch here. Yeah. All the little things in the tray. Yeah, all the things to like. Pass the so- what was it? Pass the sodium. Oh, I was just about to say that. I can't <laughs> believe you beat me to it. <laughs> Can you pass the sodium chloride, please? <laughs> Salt. <laughs> I can't believe you beat me to a quote. <laughs> That's so funny. I never remember anything. Anyway, uh, before we get into Four to Doomsday, do we have any updates? I, Joe, I haven't watched anything. I I said last week that we'd recommend something every week, and I haven't. I have a recommendation. I've just watched the Wham documentary on Netflix. I think it came out like yesterday. It's quite new. So by the time this comes out, it'll have been out for a bit. I really enjoyed it. Actually, I did watch the Lou Pearlman story on YouTube, which is a documentary. No. About. NSYNC and Backstreet Boys and their manager. It's really interesting, actually, because they all took him to court and stuff early on. And basically, he was this massive fraudster even before he got into, like, managing boy bands and stuff. But he used that money uh, to create them. So basically, it, what it boils down to is that Backstreet Boys and NSYNC were built on stolen money, <laughs> basically. <Right. laughs> That's really it. And it was produced by um, one of NSYNC as well. But it's on, like, YouTube. as like a YouTube movie. I'd watch, so I'd watch that. that. Yeah. Um, We've both gone for musical things, musical yeah. documentaries. There we are. Nothing to do with Four to Doomsday at all. We've also just been talking, we're going to start a new feature for our coffee members. Yes, very exciting. Would you like to explain? I'll try. So, we are asking ChatGPT to write sequels to some of our favourite stories. And we're going to each add in bits like what we want and then we will read them out in a little online series that we're going to do for coffee members and when you say our favorite stories you mean the keys of marinus (laughs) (laughs) well we'll start with the keys of marinus we're gonna start with that oh my Um, god i can't wait i i've got all these ideas of all these characters our favorite characters i want to put into the the keys of marinus (laughs) so like as a sample I like I said to Mark, I just I stuck in and I'll tell you what I stuck in just so it's so simple. Right to Doctor Who story, a sequel to the Keys of Marinus with Doctor Ian, Barbara, and Susan, right? Okay, and I had a little word limit. So just to give you a sense of what in fact, Mark, just because my voice is so croaky, do you want to read it? Okay, I'll just, just read just the give first. You a sense of what it might be like. They're not going to be very long and we'll read them out each week. Um, Okay, so. The TARDIS materialised on a seemingly deserted beach. The familiar sound of the waves crashing against the shore filling the air. The Doctor, Barbara, Ian and Susan stepped out onto the sand, their eyes scanning the horizon for any signs of life. This doesn't look like Marinus, Ian remarked, his brow furrowing with confusion. No, it doesn't, the Doctor agreed, adjusting his lapels. But you know the TARDIS, always one for surprises. 
As they ventured further inland, they stumbled upon a small village. It was eerily quiet, with no signs of inhabitants. The doctor's curiosity peaked, and he led his companions towards a peculiar tower at the centre of the village. Inside, they discovered a device pulsating with an otherworldly energy. The doctor examined it closely, realising it was a remnant from the conscience of Marinus, a device he thought he had destroyed long ago. Ooh! <laughs> I'm going to have to work on my uh, first Doctor and Ian voices, I think. <laughs> we should do the voices. Try and do voices. <laughs> but yeah, so... Um, I mean, and that took like about two... Well, no. Even setting it up. I literally set up the account while I was talking to Mark. The whole thing took like what? Not two minutes. Five minutes. Two minutes. Yeah. Which is probably about the amount of time Terry Nation spent on his scripts when he was writing Sixties <laughs> Doctor Who. I mean, oh, imagine if if Terry Nation had this that. idea more. That's the plan. But there we go. That's literally <laughs> just like happened just now. Um, so anyway, should we get into today's story? Yeah. Yeah. Four to Doomsday. So we're still like last week, Castro Valve. It was all a bit new. It was all setting everything up with the new Doctor, which I didn't actually ask you. So this is our youngest Doctor so yeah, far. It yeah. is quite a big change. He was 29 when he got the role of the Doctor. Gosh. He was younger than us now. depressing. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't really ask you about like what you thought about that, actually. I didn't really think anything of it, to be honest. Uh, in the, I didn't realise he was 29. I thought maybe he was in his 30s, actually. But maybe that's just because of the the nature of how the doctor is. He can, uh, you know, he's supposed to be like however many hundred years old, so he always seems older. There's a nice energy to him though, and it, this one, it was really nice to see. I suppose you're used to the newer series doctors being younger, anyway. I suppose, like the ones I've seen, yeah, yeah. Maybe it wasn't such a big for like a viewer now. It wasn't, but I suppose back then it would have been a massive oh, deal. I'm sure. But equally, he doesn't play it young. It's weird because I said last week this was the first one he filmed. So once, yeah, so once you know that, like, and I think that first scene where he steps out the TARDIS and looks like he's like the first thing he ever, ever filmed. So yeah. in my mind, he seemed a little bit different than he did last week, which is like the fourth one they filmed. So he's more settled last week than he was this week. So the I don't know. It's ve I mean, all the characters in this are a bit funny. I really want to know what you think about this because, I mean, this isn't regarded that high. It's also known as sort of the one where everyone's sort of arguing, like with Tegan and Adric and stuff. It's really odd, there isn't was it? Some really odd dialogue in this. I mean, we've had a lot of TARDIS scenes before. Actually, this this whole story, looking at it now, because I'd only watched this a couple of times. I'd never really had. I think maybe when the DVD came out. So I I know this was like the last Fifth Doctor story I ever saw. And I haven't watched it that much. And I was going into this, I was like, oh, what's this? This is going to be a struggle. But I did enjoy it. And it reminds, it's a very 60s story, it I is. found. I, it's weird. I did enjoy the concept of the story. And I enjoyed a lot of the different elements of it. You know, very Terry Nation-esque, actually. They're going exploring. They're in their pairs. We have four now, so people off in pairs and things. Or, And I did enjoy that. I enjoyed the villain as a villain. Like, there was a lot of things I liked, but there was a lot that... There was just some of the inner dialogue situation. Like, 
Adric being that gullible, <laughs> I just didn't. Out of all of them, he's the most experienced, and he's that gullible that he. But like, and I don't think oh, I keep wanting to call her Nessa. Nissa. Nissa. <laughs> I can call her Nessa. Nissa. I'm doing wicked. Nessa. Nessa. Something to confess her. No, Nissa. <laughs> um, I don't think this is a great story for Nissa. I think like this was, she was very much a side character in this. That dialogue, I know, and we will get to it, but that argument in the TARDIS, it all just felt really odd. I mean, it's it weird felt because. like they were trying to fit people together. It is weird because the 60s, going back to the 60s, you had Ian, Barbara, Susan. Okay, there was a bit of a friction there at the beginning. <laughs> but actually, when you had those TARDIS scenes back then, they were exploring, it was exciting. Now, it feels like they're trying to do that again with the companions, but all they can think of is have them argue or be weird. So let's go to that first scene where it's quite crowded in the TARDIS, trying to get Tegan home. So much for promises. You've lost me my job. This is probably like her fourth, fifth day of travelling. If Legopolis was Monday, this is probably Thursday by now. <laughs> She's like, <laughs> I just want to go home. I'm still in my outfit from work. I want to get to Heathrow. She's really obsessed with getting to Heathrow. To, like Adric, he's just a bit of a dick all of a sudden. He is. I thought it was a really weird choice that was made for him to suddenly, like, because he's always been that sort of young lad explorer, and then suddenly they're writing him like he's an angsty teenager. Look, we're fifth dimensional in this thing. He'll get you on your flight if he's out there a week. And what do we do in the meantime? You could always read. Read. Yes, there's a fascinating book on maths through there by a chap called Bert Russell. Maths? That's the trouble with women. Mindless, impatient and bossy. Yeah, it's really odd, isn't it? And he's so horrible to Nissa. What's he say about, oh, no, you're only a girl? You're a girl. Like, it's just really odd dialogue. And, like, considering if we think of it, you know, they might, might have, like you say, they filmed all these at different times. But, like, last week, they were all helping each other and nice. And then this week... They're all at each other. It's really odd. But you still you've got Tegan, who is our more of our audience. I feel in this one because she's like from Earth, and you've got these two space teenagers, really, with Adric and Nissa. And Adric's like, "Well, why don't you go and read a book on maths and stuff?" And I'm like, "Oh and my Nissa god!" Have nothing in common. Yeah, but when they first met in Keeper of Trial, can remember they were great. Those two together. Yeah, in this. And even, like, like, I mean, last week we didn't have a lot of them together, but, like, that scene was just... When he says, like, but you're a girl, and she doesn't even react. She does nothing. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's really she horrible. She literally does nothing. Like, it, the whole thing was just weird. Like, I'm not a massive Nissa fan. Ah, but do you still like Tegan? Cause I, do you know what? I sided with Tegan a lot in this whole story because she was, like... We're there was all gonna only die. one I'm gonna get moment where Tegan slightly frustrated me, but on the whole, and I think that was more to do with the writing than her acting. She was a little bit damsel and distressy throughout, a little bit moany, and it's kind. Of, I know she wants to get home and stuff. She was very moany in this, but I'd rather have that than Nissa and. Just standing there doing nothing, <laughs> reading maths book. She did like the only. I mean, I enjoyed. You know, when Adric and this were walking around and like discovering things, Adric I thought was really good in that, and this was just not that great. 
Well, I think we are. Like I don't know. Well, it is like the sixties. Someone's always going to have to have a week off. But this time, they don't go on holiday. They just don't don't do do anything. (laughs) There's no holiday pay here in the eighties. I don't think. No, we just have shorter series. Yeah, I've always thought this was a bit of an odd story because then you have the doctor like with the space helmet. Oh, you can't suddenly you can't breathe. Another thing, like we've had all this in the past. Like literally, the first thing I thought was. We had this in like the second story, and they got given like tablets. It's yeah, again, it's yeah, it is very sixties. Like suddenly, something you've got, uh, like you know, in the Web Planet, where they had to wear special jackets or something out of nowhere. It's like that. It's like why, why would you need to wear space helmets? It just makes everyone look really bad. And then on that point, hair watch. Everybody's hair is so massive in this. That's so 80s, though. And then they've all got to put these helmets on over these massive 80s, like, perms and stuff. I mean... On a similar thing, I'm really jumping to something different here, but in the Wham! documentary that I watched, (laughs) they were talking about Last Christmas and the filming of that, and there's a scene where they're all around a table having a drink, and they said that there's more hair. They were like, the hair's just massive. It's the 80s, isn't it? And they're like... You see more hair than people, <laughs> and you do. So you like the eighties is all about the hair. But like Nissa, it's still in that brown velvet thing, and with the hair as well, it all just sort of merges into one. And she looks like she reminded me of with those curls. What's that Muppet that plays the piano? That's the dog with the the ears. <laughs> <laughs> she no, sure you mean I can't remember the name. But I know what you mean. Yeah, she looks like that. I mean, and I again, feel like if the producers went to her, like, look, this isn't working, like, we're going to get rid of you, she'd just be like, okay. Like, she just seems not invested in it at all. But, well, she's from Traken. Overacting to what she's doing. Yeah, I mean, she's sort of a bit alien, though. So maybe that, uh, she's just sensible. She's just, she, out of all of them, she is the most sensible and level headed. Main positive, I guess I got was um, like from her was when she was talking about the whole dictatorship and she was and talked about the master. That was really good. I was like, that was strong. I can never forget that my father was killed by a tyrant. Well, they go outside, clothes watch. They're all in the same costume still. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> With these space helmets on, it's a great set actually. It looks really good. And like I was saying last week, I was like, can they just bring the lighting down a bit? Here, the lighting is thought about. Yeah, and you've yeah. got different colours, different shades. They look like massive sets. It looks like a space station. It doesn't look a studio as it as it probably can do sometimes. So I really like that. And yeah, we, like in the 60s, divide off. So Nisha and Adric, and they are referred to as the children. Yeah. <laughs> like, And I don't think Tegan's that much older. Although she does come across older and more I sensible. I think she comes across older. She has like a job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. That's all it is. She has a job. <laughs> she keeps trying to get back to work. <laughs> I suppose so. And Nissa and Adric are both orphans as well, so they've got that in common. He leaves Nissa to start like building some, getting some bit of machinery to work, and she's loving it. She's loving her science projects. She's like, yes. Look, a graviton crystal detector. I can't wait to get this done. And like, Adric's there. Um, the the CCTV camera effect is quite good, actually. There's a few good effects in this. I mean, again, jumping, but when what's his name shows himself as a robot? Oh my god, I can't wait to get to that moment. Yeah, it's such the the effects are great. That is a standout moment. But before that, we meet so we meet Monarch, Enlightenment, and Persuasion, who are these like frog people? 
I think actually, I mean, look, they're not, two of them are not in that for long. So I think it's only the main one that remains like that. And I thought his makeup was really good and stuff. And this is the first aliens that Tegan has met so yeah. far. And yeah. she reacts quite well. And when they're like, are you fashionable, Tegan? <laughs> <laughs> it's weird, though, when she's like drawing. And her and drawing, drawing is amazing. <laughs> her drawing is like, I did, wouldn't have put Tegan down as an artist like that. Let's go back to last week and your drawing of that girl that you went to see Titanic with, right? Comparing. And Mark was like, this is a good drawing. And I was like, sure. And then we see Tegan's this week. It's like, Mark, yours was shit. <laughs> If my drawing came alive, imagine like the nightmares everybody oh, would have. And you, it reminds me of, do you remember Penny Crayon? The cartoon Who? series, Penny Crayon. No. It was Sue Pollard did the voice. And um, it was about this girl, which whatever she drew came to life. Do you right. remember that? No. And so they'd be like running from alligators or something and they'd come to a brick wall and then she'd be like, oh no, what am I going to do? And then she'd draw like a door and go through it. <laughs> Do you not remember Penny Crayon? I don't think I'm going to Google it and see if I can. Penny Crayon. Oh, so it's not even come up with anything. <laughs> yeah, Penny Crayon. Oh, there she is. Oh, it sort of rings a bell. This is Enlightenment and I am Persuasion. Goodness. How you've changed. You're a sketched. Yes, you're a very good draftswoman, my dear. Penny Crayon. Yeah, so anyway, Tegan Penny Crayons, the fashion apparently. And then that's that's quite a good shocking I mean, it's sort of towards that first end of that episode, isn't it? It's quite a good cliffhanger where they're like, that's us and they're in the green velvet suits the the actual sort of storyline of they're a race of aliens they've been back and forth to earth quite a lot yeah can't remember why and but then he's on his way to earth in four days which is the four to doomsday bit because he wants to oh get the silicon from the earth and basically take over and kill everyone and turn them into robots i think that's the story. <laughs> That's what we learn. But we learn that when everyone meets up in the canteen and has a nice little buffet. <laughs> uh, could anyone pass the sodium chloride, please? And then that's when we meet our robot guy, Bygone. Yeah. Is he called Bygone? Yeah. Something like that, yeah. Or Biggin. I think he's a humanoid and... Uh, oh, Biggin, he's called. <laughs> Bygone, Biggin. And, yeah, it's interesting that they're not these spacey people. There's, like, people from the, throughout history and different cultures and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So that's a nice different sort of take on it things. Was, yeah, I enjoyed Tegan talking Aborigine, Australian, sort of reminding us that she's Australian. I know, but that's a bit... I don't know, would she actually know Aboriginal? Like, how many Australians actually know? I think of, probably more like, than... Maybe more than we think, like... Maybe you should ask your um, neighbour's VHS guy. <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I thought that was a bit like, oh, we've got an Australian. All right, she's going to talk Aboriginal. I don't know. But she does, like, talk. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah I don't well. know if what she's saying is correct or anything, but... So, yeah, that first episode, it's very, yeah, like you say, very Terry Nation, very exploring and meet these people. And I, I had a break in between each episode for this. 
Oh, did you? And I think that's maybe why I enjoyed it. I had like a little break. I did one and then like got the washing out of the washing machine and then did two and then put the oven on and then did three and got my lunch ready <laughs> in the oven. So like not big breaks, but like I did something for like five, ten minutes yeah. in between. And when they're sort of sitting around having their food, I don't know, I felt like I would, they're just sort of sitting there and taking this in. No one's really asking questions because then they're like, right, yeah, you're coming along with us. Like I, my notes, I put like, if it was me, I would like ask more questions. And I feel I like Tegan is, is quite good at that though. I think he can sense something and he asks enough because they say like, well, that's enough. You don't, oh, they haven't told you this, then you don't know. Like they say stuff. So he's asking enough and I think he's got the sort, the right level of like, I'm going along with this, but I'm keeping it at the back of my mind to be more observant. What's happening? Yeah, because they say about this, there's like three million or three billion on the thing, which is a bit like the Ark. Again, another 60s story. And then I put, I was like, because the Doctor's sort of as young as the others in a way, does he sort of lack the authority? Because there is a bit actually where he's like, to Tegan, like, you stay here. Da, da, da. But I don't know, it doesn't have that. If if it was the fourth Doctor, you know, in his moody last season, he'd be like, stay here, Tegan. But like, I, I feel like there always are that argument level. Is that because he's younger and or you know like if it was the first doctor or whatever you'd be like i don't know I, I i didn't feel that at all i thought there was quite a nice energy and i felt i the only time where i thought he's getting rc is when he's talking with adrek um so he's doing a nice talk and then they go into the recreation he's like right listen you <laughs> and but equally i think he freaking deserved it I mean, I do feel sorry for the Doctor in a way. He's got these three kids, as it were, all being a bit difficult. <laughs> like, and I mean, Bloody Tegan goes off with the bloody TARDIS. Do you know what I mean? So you've got all this dancing bit, which I feel like is a little bit of padding, but it is still quite interesting. It goes on a little bit. And then Tegan runs off after that man gets stabbed because she thinks he's not a robot. She doesn't know that then. And yeah, I, I don't know. I felt like this whole time... Tegan's been a bit of a Barbara, being like the real person here that's like, no, someone's no, just she's been stabbed. Susan in this. No, I think she's more sensible. I think she's like, I want to get out of here. Oh, and we've got to get out of here. We've got to get to the TARDIS and get out of here. Not yet. Please, will you stop thinking of yourself? I'm once? not thinking of myself. We've got to get to Earth and warn them. Of what? Who believe us? We'll be laughed at. I've got the TARDIS key. I'm like, no what, one else so is she's listening gonna to me. She's going to leave everyone else <laughs> behind. <laughs> That's suppose... you, so you're like, oh, that's that's a sensible option from the companion. Just abandon everyone else. She's seen someone get murdered and she's going to just abandon them all. Well, she knows something's going on. And on the face of it, the Doctor's not doing anything about it. Tegan and Nissa are loving the science. They don't really care. They're not aware of their surroundings particularly. And Tegan's like, one, I want to go home to my job. <laughs> and two, I don't want to be here when this alien is going to like kill everyone. I mean, I get it. I just don't buy it. And I thought you would like her more because of that. I thought you'd be. I, do, I don't think this was a good story for her. I mean, when she was like pressing all the buttons and the TARDIS like crying a bit. Yeah, but, like... oh, that, one, that was a bit. That was the one I was talking about. Where I was like, that's the weakest acting moment I saw from her. But some of it I just think was like her. It's just how she was 
how they wrote the character well, this week. Also, I mean, I, yeah, it is different because last week she was going back to the Big Bang. She had the Doctors to sort out and she was like dealt with it a bit more. It's it's a shame because I do like her. I don't think this was one of her stronger stories. I, I think you've got to give her credit. I mean, she reversed Katarina's. She didn't press one button. She pressed all the buttons. All the buttons. <laughs> she was pressing everything. And this is her second story trying to fly the TARDIS as well. So... You've yeah. got to give her some credit, I think. Yeah, but also, how are we congratulating someone that was about to leave everyone behind? You can't. I suppose. And that, but that's what I mean. Like, this story was really... I thought it was a great story for the Doctor. I really enjoyed the Doctor this week. Whereas last week, we didn't see him. He was in a bloody box half the time. This week, I really enjoyed him. And, like, I felt that he did everything that we expect the Doctor to do, which is talk to people, learn what's going on, try and, like take over the situation in like and take control, you know? But he is, as you said before, Hat, surrounded by complete nincompoops. You've got like one of them's running off of his TARDIS. One of them is with trying to get in good with the bad guy and believes him. And the other one's like, I'm just gonna like study this bit of machinery and isn't really useful. She then gets taken under control and he has to go and save her. Like, I don't know. I felt like he had his hands full with three of them this week. What about the bit where Tegan pushes Adric over and, like, knocks him out yeah. when she runs off? I mean, we've never had that before. Imagine, like, Ian doing that to Susan or something. It's so weird in terms... Like, they're just their whole dynamic this week, the companions, was really odd. I just don't think they... Yeah, but the it's interesting, isn't said, is this film first? So maybe that's it. Maybe just, like, as companions slash the story doesn't help... But, like, they hadn't worked out their own dynamics. I don't think this was a great Adric story. Like, he was done a bit dirty on this. He's had three weeks of being done dirty. Maybe he was just having a bad... He was having a bad week. He was having a moody teenager week. actually, his acting was very good. I think, like... Like, he was really good at, like, believing in terms of, like, trying to understand... And also, I felt like that enthusiasm of, like... Because the Doctor's also the same enthusiasm. He's like, what? oh, well, I could do that too. I thought all that was really good. Um, and I enjoyed him trying to like stand up like, no, you can't ruin this. We're going to... Now, obviously, he's been persuaded. Otherwise, that's the thing. But like... And that's where I think he's just been done a bit dirty. But I thought his acting was actually decent this week. And much better than last week where he was just like stuck in a web and like moaning. It'll be nice if they're all on... They all get to the same level one week, hopefully. Yeah. I I just think this was a really good Doctor week. His second story, like you say, he has to be in it. I always feel that we could have had no companions and just a Doctor. Big statement. If you have three, you either need a six-parter maybe so everyone's got something to do or someone's always going to get captured or... Like, Tegan was pretty much written out when she got stuck in the TARDIS. But then we still did have quite a few good guest characters in this, so... If I go back to Biggin, <laughs> he was our main one. He so was that, great. He's so a that, character at this point. He was great. I'm so glad you love that moment where he's like, this is me. This is me. It is not as it seems. This compound is not me. This is me. Really, like, like they've obviously green screened the face. Really good, really effective. 
It worked really well. When I first saw that, I was actually shocked at that cliffhanger. When really? I very first saw it, I was like, oh my god, that actually, it sort of scares me. I don't know why. There's something about it. And we haven't had that for a long time, like a scary no. cliffhanger. I was like, I was just not expecting it when I very first saw it. And just, it really does shock me. And I, it still has that effect now. He's does like, it? actually, this is me. <laughs> Talking about like AI and stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, and also that in the news today, did you see? Yeah, that man that um tried to assassinate the Queen the other year and got into Windsor Castle. Oh, I think so, yeah. So it's in the news today. He was um apparently he was talking to an AI bot before and it encouraged him to do it. Oh. So this is all in the news. I was thinking, it's Biggin! It's Biggin! <laughs> this is him! <laughs> He's talking to that man. But yeah, no, that's come out now, yeah, all that this AI Gosh. stuff. So it's, it's all scary. relevant. I mean, ripped from the headlines, Fall to Doomsday, it really is. It took me a while. I think only watching it now, I got all the sort of the characters and actually what was going on, because I was really confused, because at first I thought it was Monarch capturing people from, like, all these sort of ancient civilizations and stuff. They did capture them, and then they turned them into robots, or they're representatives of these different cultures. It, it's quite a big concept to sort of get your head around, for me. It probably is. I mean, it's a kids' TV show, so I'm sure it's very straightforward. But I was, like, wondering then why. And then he knows what's going on, and he wants the Doctor to help take over. They know there's something bad going on. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, well, why didn't they all get together and sort of why are they all just dancing around how long have they been dancing around for all these millions well, of years that it was um they explain it don't they because it's like um if they're all congregated doing the same task it overrides so they can't stop it or something he said something like it was put in as a fail safe and it's been used against him yeah that was that's when they sort of um when they're all dancing all dancing and trying to distract what's happening. Yeah, and he can't stop it because if they all do it, it overrides and he has no control. Yeah, I didn't... And all this stuff about the flesh time and the... I was like... A little bit went over my head, I think. Sometimes, though, like, it does with me and sometimes I just let it go over my head for the sake... Like, we've said this before, when you really analyse some of the stories... You can find a lot of holes, or you can't understand it. And if, and actually, you've just got to ride with it. Because he had like frogs as well for the poison. Yeah, I didn't understand the poison bit. I just understood that there was poison. Although that plant room looked really good, all those indoor plants. I thought all the set looked good. I thought every room looked good. It had its own distinct feel, and it they felt like spaces, actual like. Yeah, because they I had really... all the different levels with the balcony and the levels and stuff, and people going in and out of doors and up and down. It felt it did... huge, and it felt yeah. like everything was really different. Mm. Yeah. You know, between like the rooms that they're working in, even the one where the monarch is, that room, they all felt so different, and mm. you felt like you were on something. Yeah, even the corridors looked really cool going into rooms. Everything looked really good on this. All the sets looked great. Well, this is like first season isn't it so they got all the money i they've suppose money. For the first one <laughs> yeah they got the budget this time yeah and going into part four the so the main bit i mean i don't think people appreciate this scene particularly where the doctor goes out into space i didn't think it was that bad we've had worse we've had spacewalks in the past where people are literally just walking he's obviously on something and swimming i thought it was all very effective though i thought it looked good yeah i didn't get 
it was like six minutes he could breathe out there or something or yeah. whatever. I mean, well, he could deal beyond. with the temperatures. That was it, mm. not breathing, just the temperatures. And it's clever that he uses the cricket ball because he loves his cricket, obviously. This doctor, that's his thing. That's his thing. That's his thing. <laughs> it's cricket. I mean, scientifically, it would not work. I thought it, like, it yeah, would not would work. grow and then come back to you in space. It would just keep going, wouldn't it? Hang on, if it was going in space, you could throw it, you, you push it out with your energy, it would hit. Yeah, There's would nothing, it not bounce? It would still float, wouldn't you? It, well, it wouldn't hit. It might just go in and hit and then move again. Well, no, but if it you. Wouldn't be the speed, it wouldn't give you the trajectory. There's no, no if, like atmosphere. If that was the case, he could just blow and move himself. I know, but I thought he. If he did it with such force that it bounced back and he caught it, and that you just force... everything just floats in space. So how can you break force when there's no gravity or anything for force to move through? Okay. Anyway, I'm sure someone will explain the science behind it, but I don't think there is any. I think like I don't <laughs> think that works. No, because you have like okay, like a spaceship. You press I'm go. Going to ask, I'm going to ask someone this who studied gravitational waves and stuff like that, and they will. Tell me. Okay, fine. We'll find out. But no, it's the same as like pressing on a a go on a spaceship. The thrusters go because it's an engine and the, it pushes it forward. Yeah, but like that is like a that's a made thrust and it's a lot of thrust. And then and with spaceships, don't they go into like? I mean, we're really getting technical, but I'm pretty sure that like they're just on the outskirt. So the reason they can go round is because they get back into within the gravitational pull that brings them back in to move. Yeah, but that, yeah, but so the spaceships they, they they plan exactly where it's going to go. It goes, it breaks through the pull, and then it carries on in that onwards trajectory. And if it misses, it just keep going. Ah, uh, yeah, but you can manoeuvre once you're up in space, surely, because they've got, you know, the little, the man that's on, like, that fixes the, he's got his little thrust, or maybe that's not real, maybe that's Lego, or, <laughs> <laughs> who's the little man on the, who's got his backpack, and you press either side, and you can that's, go, I don't think that's real, Mark. Have I just imagined that? Because, like, real? the International Space Station is just on the outskirts of, of oh, like, orbit. Like, you know, on orbits, so where it continuously orbits, because it's part of our the gravitational pull that can move. It's not thrust by anything. It's just it's on the outskirts that it's still within range to move, you know, or not move. I don't know, but it that's why it's like just out of the reach. Um, and then if they need to fix things on it, that's why they go out in their spaceships. But they're still attached because they could just float off into space. Right. Well, it's a cool scene anyway. <laughs> Yeah, as soon as it happened, I was like, that wouldn't be real, but I, I buy it. It's cool. It's a good, it was a clever moment. I, I don't, yeah. Sword or break, tell us like, whether it's true or not. I'm pretty sure that you would just drift in space. Like they say that he's just drifting. He's like out there and he needed something to pull him in or whatever. Or... I mean, it's a good job because otherwise Tegan's just stuck out there on her own. I mean, she'd live a great life just in the TARDIS, all those rooms and stuff. But I don't, yeah. It, because of that, I mean, it does work in the story. And Adric fights off Persuasion and the other one, Enlightenment. And they get thrown out of the thing. That's re Did you see the bit where he 
takes out the chip of the guy and he yeah. has to like be in that pose but then it cuts back later on he's in a completely different pose oh, he? <laughs> he's not like in the same I know, way he's in like moves slightly he's obviously just like, frozen of all of those frozen poses why what's it called dab the dab he was doing a dab is it the dab is it Usain Bolt as well does that is that what it's called it is a dab yeah it's a well, dab, dab is like when you stick your hand in yeah, he's, he's, he's stuck in the dab pose. You've got the mo and you've got Usain Bolt, haven't you, just that? Yeah, it's the dab. The ending, though, I thought was a bit rubbish because it's not really explained what he does to Monarch. He, like, throws no, poison at him or something. He throws poison at him and puts the helmet on him. So he's shrunk, and then they all just go, and it's like, well, what are you going to do with Monarch, with this mini Monarch? So there's something about... The poison works on human forms. This is the only bit I understood. And so it's established that he is of not human form. I don't mean human form. He's got organic. He works on life, not. So by throwing it on, he's life. He's affected. And then I think he puts the helmet on so he can breathe because they've turned off the atmosphere or something. Oh, yeah, there's all the atmosphere stuff. I just thought he'd just put it over the top because he was like a little, to stop him escaping, because he's like a little It's probably mini. that as well, but also because that that thing has oxygen, doesn't it? I could be wrong, but it's not very well explained, and it was a very dud ending. And they it's all suddenly like... go, and then everyone's standing there, and they all like smile and laugh. <laughs> and then... The odd ending. The and then... best part of that ending was Nissa collapsing. <gasps> Yeah, I totally Great forgot about up. that. I totally forgot about that. And yeah. again, it's that's like another 60s thing where it goes into the next story and there's like yeah. another cliffhanger. That was a great cliffhanger. As in, I was like, oh, and I was like, I want to watch the next one. And that's exactly what you need. I mean, she proper goes down as well, doesn't she? Yeah. <laughs> and I was thinking like, because she says at one point about her oxygen, she says, my oxygen isn't working, doesn't she? And Adric says like, stop, stop. Basically, stop, yeah, to shut up, basically. Yeah, basically. I can't remember what he says, but I like, stopped doing that. And then she ends up collapsing. I was like, oh. Yeah. I totally forgot that goes into that, uh, into the next story. Yeah. Um, but I, I did enjoy this more than I have, actually. And it's gone up in my opinion, I think. I think it's like, I should look where it came in that poll, but I don't think it's very high. It's in like the bottom. I, I can understand that. I, I give this like, a six out of ten again. Never six. So what after all of this, all of these dramas, so last week your top, you were like, I think Tegan was the top, your favourite. Yeah. And Doctor was like the bottom. Doctor was at the bottom. I think it was Tegan, Adric, Nissa and the Doctor. So where are you now? Oh no, it's Tegan, Nissa, Adric, Doctor. Last week. Adric was like okay. third or fourth. I can't remember the bottom. Oh, but okay. this yeah, yeah. Because um, Nister and Tegan did a lot last week. This week it would be Doctor Adric Tegan Nissa. Okay, but only but only Nissa because she didn't more in this, which is good. I didn't. I thought his acting was pretty decent. I felt like in terms of his, I didn't enjoy the character, but I thought for what they wrote for him in this, it came through well. But last week's was like he's taken over and he seemed odd. And he did the odd acting well. This. I felt like it was believable in his acting that, of course, he would believe this guy that's like saying all this good stuff. I just don't think that's what the character would do. But yeah, I think he does. For what the script was, I thought he did well at what it was. Because I thought, 
because I think when I first watched it, I thought maybe he was pretending to be, you know, to get in mm. and pretend and everything. But actually, then it's like, oh, well, actually, he's not. He does actually believe it. He is still just being a dick about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think that's what that character would do. So I just felt like it was so, especially he's the longest one there. He's the most experienced. I imagine someone like Tegan doing that. Or even Nissa to some extent. I mean, she's young and naive and she's not had as many adventures and met as many people. She's from like, you know, a good place. So I can imagine it more with Nissa than Adric. I just didn't buy it as being something Adric would do. But I like I thought he did well at doing that. So for that reason he's second, even though I didn't enjoy it. Then Tegan, because Tegan was good. Again, I just thought she was a bit, she reminded me a little bit Susan sometimes. And then Nissa didn't do much at all. Mm. And I suppose you've got to think, like, they are, I mean, Adric and Nissa know each other the most, but Tegan has just been put in there not knowing anybody and probably wouldn't naturally get on with these people. They have been sort of put in this situation. That's so. the thing as well. There's no rapport with any of them. Whereas at least when we, like, I think that's why. So Barbara and Susan and Ian, all that three, there was a report. There was already established relationships, you know. Ian and Barbara worked together. They were teachers. They taught Susan, so they knew Susan. Like, Susan's the granddaughter of the doctor. Like, there was already these sort of, like, established relationships and rapport of the characters, Whereas, like you've just said, none of these guys really, other than that one episode where Tegan and, not Tegan, um, Nissa and Adric do things ages ago, there's not really that much rapport. No, I think that's what it is. And they've just gone from like one disaster to another to another. And I suppose this is the first story where they've actually had sort of time to actually think about what's going on because it's just been all the regeneration, all that sort of the master the end of the universe a couple of times now actually i was surprised not to have the master but i also think it's nice not to have the master it it wouldn't have fit in here at all so the next story yeah after t after nissa's faint is called kinder oh kinder Mm. like kinder bueno uh (laughs) k-i-n-d-a so no not quite (laughs) Uh, I think that that will be a planet okay well I think that's that's all we have to say about Fort Doomsday yeah that's it I'll do it I'll do an outro where should we go I don't know we'll just stay here we'll finish our buffet yeah we'll we'll watch the um, recreation watch the um, the dancing Okay, uh, well, what's some recreation? On that balcony. Where can you find us, Mark? Oh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at to watch who. Oh, we're not doing thread, are we? What's all this thread stuff that's coming out? Well, I don't know. Thread. Everyone's moving from Twitter to thread now. Of course they are. Everyone was moving to... What was the other one that people were on? I don't know. We're not on thread. No, but everyone's... It might be by the time this episode comes yeah. out, but right now we're not. <laughs> but no, there's a new one now. It came out today, I think, and everyone's like, thread. There's another one I was on recently. I can't remember what it's called now. Anyway. Mm, yeah, and yeah. we're on Instagram. 
Yep. And you can support us at buymeacoffee.com forward slash two watch who. Well, there we go. <laughs> See you next time. See you next Bye. time. Bye. This is me.